events, relationships, travel, music, and entertainment. And it features candid conversation with co-hosts and audience. If this is your first time checking us out, you can download us on the Anchor app. And now you can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play Music Store. Also, we are sponsored by Pocket Cast. I'm your host, Diesel, a.k.a. the Shaolin Fantastic. And I'm sick. That's why I'm whispering. This is the Grand Booba. I'm also whispering in, I guess, solidarity. <laughs> I'm going to speak in my regular voice. <laughs> I, this is the Cod Man. What's up? Hey, I am your special guest for today. I am the Meg. The Meg. So our special guest is a licensed behavioral specialist who actually has a really cool project that we're going to do later on. Meg, tell us about your uh, project. Um, yeah, so I'm just doing some interviews with guys to get their opinions and insights on emotions and kind of what mm. their experiences are related to emotions growing up and just figuring out where we are in 2019 with mm. men and their feelings. Very interesting topic. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. I'm yeah. so looking forward to this. <laughs> now, awesome. He said sarcastically. No, <laughs> it, I'm being serious. Yeah. Now let me ask you this. Is this something that you've been um, thinking about or working on for quite some time based on experience or kind of observation through social media and looking at other um, people? Kind of a combination. There's been, you know, three different sort of converging events that have happened recently that's been a combination of personal experience and good or bad social media. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> some good, some bad. Um, I think, you know, talking to some of my guy friends, I've I've heard some descriptions in the way that they talk about events. And it just sort of struck me that guys often describe things in a very like factual way. Like the, this is the series of events. And when I listen, I interpret it from more of an emotional perspective. And I was like, Oh, in this situation, you're feeling embarrassed and put on the spot and you're, you have a fear, fear of failure and that kind of thing, but that's not what's being expressed in what the guy is actually saying. So I think there's kind of like this disconnect and there are other things that were sort of, Combining with that, um, as far as just looking historically at how men um, have learned to talk about feelings and what is expected of men, you know, being stoic. You know, I was researching stoicism as part of this project, and we can kind of talk about that a little bit more later. But I think that things have not changed very much since the third century BC. Um, Damn. Wow. I know. It's going, it's going way back. Oh, my God. So the clock is ticking. <laughs> man. So it's time for a change. So I just wanted to kind of um, gauge the pulse of guys in 2019 and see how far we've come. Interesting. That interesting. is very interesting. Uh, you know what else is interesting? What's that? Um, what happened to Jesse Smollett from the show Empire. Oh, yeah, yeah, I heard I heard about that. Yeah. Very interesting. Very interesting yeah. series of events was going on there. Yeah, so apparently he was jumped, you know. What? Yeah, he got jumped. And, uh, everyone Who jumped was, him? Yeah, everyone's claiming it as a homophobic attack. So mm. no, no, they made they well, said it was a homophobic yeah, MAGA. It was a homophobic MAGA MAGA supporter. Well, and very specific. right, it was like homophobic and racial though, right? Yeah, didn't it they was, put a noose around his neck or something like that? Yeah, yeah something yeah. to that effect. Yeah. But apparently, the last like few hours, there's an article saying that uh, the whole thing might have been fabricated. So well, before you wow. get into that, yeah. the, the thing that was circulating was that. He got off, like, I guess his plane, and it was, like, late night, and he was going to, like, a 24-hour subway to get a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get that six-foot well, first of all, <laughs> I've never heard of a subway being open 24 hours. There is one True. open at Shady Grove. Really? 24, 24 hours? 24 hours, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> they exist. This okay. is information yeah. I needed to have. It's like Santa. Life. They are real. <laughs> yeah, they are real. So, apparently, he was going to get a sandwich by himself, and 
approached him and you know just for the listeners out there this is an adult content show we try not to curse but they did use some inappropriate words they called him a faggot they called him the n-word oh yeah and the whole nine they jumped him and they said they were doing it for make america great again mm. and they poured bleach on him right he checked himself into the uh, hospital and then you know tmz was there and everyone else was there and he made that statement now what grand booba was saying that later on the day today is july or not july july, july. <laughs> i wish it was july ahead. i wish it was july <laughs> i wish it was july. i know actually it was july too <laughs> january 30th um in the evening they're saying that it might have been fabricated tell us about that yeah so they're saying that um he's coming out with like false claims of him getting jumped you know him having bleach poured on him and all that. I just, I just think that it's disgusting. You know, for people to even insinuate that. You Did know? you see the picture? Mm-hmm. You see the yeah. picture of him? Yeah, yeah, he got he got jumped, bro. I don't even know if he got jumped. He might he like got beat up by a couple of kids. Like but his, he doesn't still, look that yeah. bad. But, but still, the fact remains he got jumped. He got attacked. I don't. Mm-hmm. I mean. Regardless, regardless, but regardless, it's an attack. It's no, no. Hold on, hold on. We don't know if it's an attack for sure. If he fabricated it, then he's an actor. Yeah. If he fabricated it, then it could be. It could be. Well, it'll be no. It could be. uh, He picked a fight with the wrong dude. That that, dude whooped him. That and it'll be just. I'm sorry. Who just like goes walking around with bleach and a noose and they're like maga hats, maga hats, like ready to go? Is that me? No, that's the the laptop. We're having technical difficulties here. Nah, no difficulties. We're having technical advancements. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh. Oh. Uh oh. Well, we're having a, oh, a bit of a discovery. <laughs> oh. It's but okay. It, it just seems odd that, you know, guys would be going around like ready with those things. Um, yeah, and MAGA hats. Like, yeah. like you would beat somebody up with a red hat. The most probably the most identifiable well, article of well, clothing they, they in also, the last three years. They well, also said they had mask on, so like they had a ski mask on. And, and MAGA hats. Yeah, come on, was, man! Yeah, like, but I was gonna say it's no different than having like a bunch of neo Nazis beating up on no, people too. You're right, but yeah. after seeing the second side of the story, it's it's kind of questionable at this point. I get it, but if it is questionable, then you know what? For his sake, like it's bad because then he will get kicked off the show. It's gonna affect mm-hmm. his he should. status. Yeah. He should. I don't look. Hey, man, like you know, to be honest with you, black folk don't need fabricated stories to look. Do you know what I'm saying? We don't need them joints. We got plenty, plenty of real stories that are like messed up in real life. We don't. You know what I'm saying? Gays too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. So like, we don't need fabricated stories because then mm-hmm. all that does is reaffirm you know the the people who have opposing views like oh well you know it gives them more ammo well and then any future attacks you know someone yeah. could try to discredit it and say well yeah. this was you know fabricated as well so it just doesn't seem like it's helping anybody's agenda and other news that kevin hart tried to not apologize but to see if Je- jesse was okay and then he got slandered by the lgbt community wow what <coughs> But that's just, I mean, because everybody takes a slight into everything. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? If if somebody's like, yeah, ha, 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 I blew some weed in my dog's face. Peter's like, you shouldn't do that. You know dogs can <laughs> die from weed. And it, da, da, da. I'm mm-hmm. like, man, everybody just need to chill out, man. Like, yeah. it, 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 life really isn't that serious. Social like, media magnifies. Oh, man. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's such a horse. But it's like, but to, to me, social media is like, 
if you're unable to control your belief in movies. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you watch Star Wars, good movie, right? We can all agree, great movie. Great saga. Great saga. It's I mean, than epic. Star Trek. Shut up. No. Way better. You know Way better. You know what? I'm a, I'm a Star I Trek fan, too. Doesn't like matter you. if you're Star I'm Trek, Star Trek fan. Doesn't matter if you're Star Trek fan. No, you I can be both. But I love both. Star Trek and Star Wars. But I feel like Star Wars has a better story in terms of, like, substance. Star Wars is an epic. Star Trek is more, like, philosophical, though. It's yeah. Deep. It is. With Spock. Yeah. Yeah. But either way, like, we can separate that those are not real. Like, we could be like, all right, you know, at the end of the day, I know... There's not people up there. I mean, to my knowledge, as best as we know, there's not things. In, you know what I'm saying? We can we can separate that. We love the Terminator. We can pretty much establish that that is possibly not going to happen. Actually, we did talk about that in an episode. But either way, but either way, the point is we're able to separate like this fiction from it's our education. Yeah, we understand and that. some people just can't. Some people are just like, man, like some people are just so dumb. Well, and, and that's I think when it comes to things like your your political beliefs, like whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, it's no longer like one aspect about you know something that you believe like that you like Star Wars, or you like Star Trek. <clears throat> like people have now identified that as something as part of who they are and like mm. their personality. So I think people feel that. If I was to attack you as a Democrat or a Republican or whatever, I'm not attacking your beliefs. I'm attacking you as a person. Mm. And I think that that's what the difficulty is. You're, you're yeah. actually making my point. I was going to talk about keyboard warriors on social media, how, like, they can use, like, their platform to basically voice their opinion and they can call you out mm-hmm. by using, you know, tough guy words. Right. But that know? anonymity yeah. makes it easier. For exactly. Yeah. So right. it's just a great way to hide. Mm-hmm. So pretty much social media, it's it's a positive and negative thing. It's like what Uncle Ben said about it. What great power comes with great responsibility. Oh, <laughs> exactly. It always comes back to Uncle Ben. <laughs> yeah. Comic book reference. <laughs> stuff is real, man. Spider Man. Spider Man. So we have the Fox in calling in. She says, Our belief is part of our character for who we are. Mm. I do believe. Yeah, it, it is, but also it's how you carry it. I think no, no, no. I agree with that. I think you're right. It's the way you carry it. I also think that you should n- never really be like forceful. Not forceful, but the word I'm looking for is um, when you know you're unwavered on it. Like if 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 mm-hmm. someone's like, "Look, this is the best ever. I know it. I'm not gonna do it." And someone's like, "Hey, try this." You're like, "Dang." This is a little better. But no, no, no. This is the best ever. Like you should be able to adapt your beliefs and adapt how you how you mm-hmm. believe and grow. For example, when I was grown, when I was younger, uh, and a lot of us when we were younger, we tend to be more liberal. Yeah. You know, we're like, "Oh, free spirit, do this, do that. Why would you want to do that? Nah, man, free, free weed." You know, but as you get older and as you start to kind of understand society and where you lie in society, certain things to you maybe become you may become more conservative mm-hmm. either maybe financially whether maybe socially on terms yeah. like you know maybe i don't believe a, a woman and a woman should get married or a well, man and a man well, based so off that a lot of it has to do with experience yeah yeah definitely mm-hmm. yeah um and I, personally i'll just say this publicly i've lost some friends due to the situation with the president the president situation and a lot of people don't understand and they don't want to put themselves in other people's situations to really go out of the way to understand it like you said are you attacking me as a person or my mm-hmm. beliefs because when it comes down to it, i really don't care but if you're attacking me as a person just because of what i believe in i'm not pushing my views on you or whatever or vice right. versa so some people don't know how to separate mm-hmm. the two until they're put in a situation that's very detrimental and then they realize that okay maybe i do need to change 
Right. I mean, but that's not just this situation that goes for everything, even including like relationships. Mm. So that kind of transitions into our topic question is, do men get married when they're ready or when they find the right woman? Or do they settle and <laughs> learn to love or force themselves to love that person? What do you think? I think it's a combination of the oh, three. Oh, yeah, pick one. Pick one. <laughs> yeah, you if I had to pick one. You can't um, have the whole menu. Yeah, no, it's I can't. It's not a buffet. I know. I want the cake you needed to. But mm-hmm. uh, I would say that you have to find the right woman and you have to, like, settle and, I guess, learn how to love her. <laughs> and then, in turn, you're she... You're not following the rules. I'm sorry. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> I apologize. Just I, just, I, just, I, just, I just grabbed all of them. You grabbed the ball and traveled down the court. Yeah, right. Russell Westbrook style. <laughs> you know what? Come back to me. Come back to me. Come back to me. Um, back okay. To me. Um, that's a lot of pressure. A lot of pressure. <laughs> yeah, I just passed you the ball, LeBron. What are you going to do? Oh my God. All right. Well, for me, uh, and this is honestly speaking, uh, when he finds the right woman, you know, um, now that that comes with a lot a lot of thinking, a lot of self-interest, like looking inside of yourself and seeing, you know, not only what she, you know what I'm saying, cuz people always like to paint this like sexual painting of marriage, this mosaic I, of I like, like sexual marriage. Like, don't get me wrong. <laughs> marriage is very sexual. It's very emotional, but there's a lot of other parts about marriage that are like really cool, you know what I'm saying? Just you know, and when you, you can kind of recognize your counter in another woman, then I mean, I say, I mean, you know, I don't see a reason why you shouldn't marry her. You know what I'm saying? If you can find somebody that, you know, if you're being nitpicky and you're like, man, you know what? I can't stand that she's always late. Hmm, you know what? That ain't that bad. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't stand that. No, wait, well, she hit me up and told me, so I can't. So it's kind of like being open minded to it also. Open-minded, but also recognizing your strengths, their strengths, your weaknesses, their weaknesses. It's like being a good teammate. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like being a teammate, pretty much. Like you know, what I'm saying I'm in a position where I can coach you, correct you on certain things, and you're in a position where you could do the same to me. Yeah. Now, how receptive we are to the tactics that we use in terms of that. For example, I'm the kind of guy where I'm like, you gotta do this, do this right now, like change it, change it, make this move and move, and like it's easy. How are you not seeing it? You know what I'm saying? And uh, sometimes my wife doesn't respond well to that. So I got to slow down. Shocker. I got to slow down. <laughs> I got to slow down. And I got to and I got to and I got to work it, you know, a better way or just be, you know, more compassionate about how how I explain it. But the fact that you can recognize it shows growth. It's hard, though, man, because like we come into relationships like with our ways and then like the private ways that we still have with each other when you get married and you actually move into that house together. Yeah. Those subtle, in the background, really private ways yeah. come to the front. Well, of course, because we've all been single for Major- majority of your life, yeah. right? Yeah. So let me ask you this: since on the panel, you're not married, right? Meg, the Meg. I'm very much single. Oh, like a dollar. Hey, throwing it out there for the fella. She's single. Just saying. Oh my god, man! Like, how did you know that that she was the one who were like you were ready? Man, for real, for real. I'm a religious man, so uh, a lot of it was prayer, dude. Like, I, you know what I'm saying? Like, a lot of stuff was me. You know what I'm saying? Like, because it's not a matter of, you know, if I loved my wife or do I love my wife. It was more of a sense of, you know, that leap of faith that you take together in marriage. You know what I'm saying? So it was a, it was a question where, you know, I would ask God. I'm like, I'm like, is, 
is this, is this, you know, give me a sign. Is this what you intend for me? Is this the move I need to make? Is this, you know, what's going on? And, you know, sometimes people wait for this big, grand epiphany that the Lord's going to give you. And sometimes, man, just you thinking about it and you trying to reason with yourself back and forth is the own, is the blessing that God's given you. You know what I'm saying? That's just me being a religious man. And, you know, it was just something where God was like, man, you, you keep asking me questions. You know the answer. You know the answer. Why? You're like, you you just, now you just pitching pennies with me. Now you just trying to try, you know what I'm saying? So for me, it was just like, man, everything kind of lined up. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I know that doesn't happen for everybody, but for me, everything kind of lined up. God lined up. Life, kind of everything where it was going. Yeah, man. And I uh, definitely put a ring on it. You're you're echoing my sentiments, my friend. (laughs) Nice. You're echoing my sentiments. I really believe that. I hope I didn't steal your thunder. I don't want to be a thunder thief. No, it's fine. I mean, I think that, yeah, if a man is ready to, you know, marry the right woman, then, you know, good things are going to follow. You know, I believe it's kind of like a domino effect. Like, everything just falls into place. Right, right. But sometimes the dominoes go sideways. Yeah. I mean, not all marriages work out. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a work in progress. You know what I'm saying? Like, like there's a lot of there's a lot of stigmas around things that help people for marriage. Like, mm-hmm. if you suggest therapy, a lot of people are like, "Oh, therapy, it must be over." No, right. sometimes you know what I'm saying. Sometimes therapy provides you the tools that you need yeah. to fix your marriage. Not saying that you don't have tools in your toolbox. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But more so that you don't have. You the, might have a rusty. You might you might have a hammer. <laughs> you might have a hammer and a saw, but you need a screwdriver. Yeah. And you know, and you're sitting there like, what do I need? I need something. So you ask him, I say, hey man, you know, I've been trying to do this. He's like, you know what? You need a screwdriver. Mm-hmm. Now you have a new tool in your box. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like one of the biggest problems is uh, people's pride and ego getting away. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. Has. Well, let, let me ask you this from a woman's perspective. Yeah. What do you think for a man? I mean, so as a single, unmarried woman, I'm going to be a, a little bit. Um, I don't know if my perspective is going to be totally relevant, but I think that I agree that when, when a guy finds the right woman, I think that the other two things come into place. So I think that he at that point will feel ready. And I think that he'll learn to love her kind of like what you said with um, being able to accept those flaws or things that appear like flaws, you're able to work around it. But I think that the key is, is being able to be emotionally vulnerable because I think in relationships you have to have those difficult conversations and you have to be willing to talk about your feelings because that's going to come up a lot in relationships. And I think that that can be really hard, um, you know, for both partners to do. But I think for men in particular, it seems like it's really challenging. I will say this. Um, I know we kind of shut down Grand Boo's answer <laughs> when he kind of like pick all three, but kind of hearing everyone's answer. And based on my experience, I mean, obviously I've never been married, but I do feel like it is kind of a combination of all three, but it's a process that goes with it. Mm -hmm. Like when you find the right person, you'll know that you're ready. And then with that, because you're learning to accept her and you're learning to love her too, you know? So I I, kind of do agree with that. And, you know, it does take a lot of self-reflecting, whether if you are using faith or not. And, and sometimes when, when you're wrong, you have to learn to admit that you're wrong, but are you able to look for a solution? Like you said, looking for the tools to be successful mm-hmm. for your marriage. Yeah, I was going to say, I was going to add that, like, also, in turn, uh, the woman has to also, you know, love the man for who he is. Mm-hmm. You know, like, speaking for myself, you know, like, I would want my woman to love me for who I am, you know, and Skins let her, man. well, that, and then also, <laughs> you're asking a lot. 
Also, um, I'm Muslim, okay? I am a God-fearing man, you know? And religion is, like, really important to me, you know? And if she can share, like, those things with me, mm-hmm. then it will make things, you know, go well and go smooth. Yeah. So, When I think uh, from, like, a woman's perspective, what I see <coughs> women do a lot, which I think is a big problem, is there's that kind of settling or the idea, like, if I find a guy that's got all of the right things to tick off my boxes, like, you know, he's got a good job, he's nice enough, you know, he's got a car or whatever you know i'll i'll marry that's on her that's on her checklist (laughs) (laughs) whatever it might be hopefully that person is checking all the boxes right Right. then i I think a lot of people feel like you know the love will follow um but I, i think that that's just such an unfortunate perspective because i think that that's when you start to see those marriages where it's like the dead bedroom and you know, they're fighting nonstop. And so I think it's really important that you're not just finding someone who's good enough or nice enough, but you find that person that really does, you know, is your counterpart. I think that's important. I do feel that there is more pressure on women because of the time frame. It, exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. I think the that's where the settling fun. comes yeah. into play. Yeah. Absolutely. But, but also with that, a lot of it has to go with uh, a person's past experience of how, whether mm-hmm. they're raised in, in, you know, like the family household or the people that they're surrounded or even the people they've dated in the past kind of reflects on their choices that they make, mm-hmm. which kind of transitions into our project. The yeah. show's yours. So um, I started thinking about this project. Like I said, it was sort of sparked from this, you know, observation of my friend in the way that he would describe kind of emotional events. Um and then I also spend a lot of time on Reddit. I don't know if you guys. Oh yeah, do are, yeah. Are a little bit of Reddit. Yeah, I do a little bit of Reddit here and there. You guys dabble, okay, cool. Yeah. Um, so I was watching this video that I thought was really interesting, and I promise this will all come together and make sense at some point in time. But um, the video was of this psychiatrist who was interviewing three of their patients, and the three patients were talking about depression. So the first two were women, and it was kind of like a typical description. But the third was uh, a man. And he described his depression really eloquently. But I thought that the part that was so interesting was what he seemed most frustrated by was not so much the depression, but the way that other people responded to him as a man Mm. experiencing depression. Um, And he even said that the the psychiatric nurses would sort of talk to him like, well, what do you have to be depressed about? You know, and so his his self-talk became, you know, be a man, suck it up which I think is something that a lot of guys say to themselves when they experience any sort of emotional distress. Um, So that was kind of like floating in my head. Um, And then I watched another video again on YouTube um, because I have a lot of time on my hands. Um, (laughs) So it was uh, this professor that was talking about Marcus Aurelius and stoicism. Again, I promise this will make sense. So uh, Marcus Aurelius was one of the last great Roman emperors, and he was a big proponent of the philosophy of stoicism. So Stoicism talks a lot about, um, you know, being virtuous and, you know, trying to gain knowledge and all that good stuff. But the the key kind of component of Stoicism is this concept that um, you should uh, try to persevere through pain and hardship without feeling and without complaining. And I think that this sort of concept that existed in the third century B.C. has kind of trickled down through the ages and it's still something that I think all guys sort of aspire to be in the way that they deal with uh, difficulties in their life. So I was thinking about that 
and this, you know, video of these psychiatric patients from 1959 and my friend and, you know, thinking about my dad and my brother and just men in my life in general and the way that they deal with emotions or the way that they maybe don't deal with emotions. And I thought, you know, that this might be a relevant topic to discuss with people that I know. So I just started interviewing guys that I know in my life. And so far, the responses that they've provided have been really a, amazingly self-reflective, but B, also sort of heartbreaking in the way that they describe um, how challenging it is to be a guy to, um, you know, obviously guys have complex emotions, but there's not, I think, in society, like a good avenue to be able to talk about emotions. So um, through these interviews that I'm doing, I came up with kind of some general questions, and I thought that maybe we as a panel could talk about it and I could hear what you guys think and have to say. Yeah, definitely. Does that good? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so one of the first questions that I was asking was, you know, I was trying to figure out, like, what are the models that guys have in their life when it comes to um, learning how to deal with emotion? Because I think that's the first time that you'd experience it is as a child. So when you guys were kids, um, you know, of the men that you were exposed to in your life, did you see them display a lot of outward signs of emotion? And, like, what were they? Uh, yeah, I mean... I saw my dad, my dad actually was a very interesting uh, dad growing up. Mm. He had a lot of emotion. He would show excitement when something happened. He would be genuinely happy. He would be jovial and sometimes. Uh, when he was disciplining, it was never like overbearingly scary. Like mm. some people view their fathers. It was more stern i'm gonna talk to you you know i mean business i'm gonna kick your butt figuratively speaking mm -hmm. i'm a, I'm da, da 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 you know but he never like it was never something where like i always admired my dad and he yeah. always kind of you know he was always the traditional dad like come on don't cry come on let's get up let's go come on mm -hmm. but he never like when we were mad about something, he would try to talk to us and, like, joke with us about it. Like, if we were mad about a basketball game or something, like yeah. me and my brother play basketball, you know, my dad be in the car like, yeah, you know, da-da-da-da-da. Well, at least that other dude, I saw you do that other, <laughs> other guy. Come on, laugh. You know that was funny. Like, he'd try, you know, he'd try to get that out of you. So he was always a guy where, you know, and maybe that a little, maybe I saw that too much because I never saw a serious side of him like in a real in my in like my mom's relationship like it was always very joking always very so maybe mm. that's why like early on when i was in relationships like when things got serious i shut down mm, and so i was just yeah. i was just like nope don't want to deal with it i'll move on next girl never mind <laughs> right well that's kind of one of my later questions is i i do think that these early experiences with how you see other people dealing with emotions um it kind of teaches you how to behave in relationships but Guba, do you have kind of a similar experience or yeah <clears throat> so you know, growing up in an African household, uh, you know, my dad is like, you know, the bad cop and my mom is like the sort of good cop. And um, my dad is like, he was like really strict, you know, but at the same time, you know, he uh, was very, you know, loving and caring, you know. So whenever like I did something wrong, you know, like, you know, he'll probably kick me in my butt. But then also like he'll put his arms around me and be like, yeah, you know, you know, I did that because, you know, I care about you and I love you and this and that. Mm -hmm. so you so know you were able to get like the range of emotion yeah exactly too. and then um you know and then there were times that um i hated you know disappointing him mm -hmm. in certain things you know i feel like that's worse sometimes the disappointment yeah. and then uh like all i ever want was you know his approval you know yeah. so um 
<clears throat> sorry, I'm getting a little emotional here, but uh, yeah, you know, for the most part, um, you know, he's a good man, so I love him, you know, just like I love my mom, too. So my mom was kind of like, you know, the one that kind of sheltered, you know, she was trying to like, you know, shelter me a little bit, so. Like the nurturer. Yeah. Yeah. So. And I think that women and, and <clears throat> men do seem to fall into those roles where like one is more of the disciplinarian and one is more of the nurturer, yeah. and that's. My mom, my mom was the disciplinarian in the house. Oh yeah. And my yeah. dad, and my dad, and my dad was the nurturer. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. But the funny thing about it was like, and I, I you know, and and I think uh, Grand Booba can kind of attest to this. It's like I, we, it wasn't just like dad. You know what I'm saying? Like we had, I had uncles that would mm-hmm. come by. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Joke around, laugh, mm-hmm. and you know, get the same range of emotions. Mm-hmm. I'd have even. People in the neighborhood, we, we lived in a predominantly white neighborhood, but there was a couple of black families that lived there. Yeah. They'd come over. I really, some of, some of them are families, like godparents and stuff. And I saw a range of emotions. I mean, stuff from, you know, crying at funerals, crying mm. at, you know, church and different things like that and trying to understanding. And they were all pretty open with me when I asked them, like, you know, you know, why were you doing that? Why why'd you cry? And they're like, well, you know, this is, you know, it's emotional. And. You know, so I it was to me. I was I was always kind of shown the full array of emotions, and yeah. you know, obviously you get with your friends, and it's like you know, I don't want to, you know, I want to I want to be like my friends a little bit, whatever they're mm-hmm. dealing with. But it was never like there was never like a lack of emotion. Mm-hmm. It was always more so a lack of I'd say a lack of seriousness. Okay. So like when I grew up, like people are like you need to take this more seriously i'm like i'm like <laughs> why like it's you know but yeah. uh yeah i was you know like crying was cool like you cry like if you want to cry cry if you want to mm-hmm. go in your room and cry cry but like don't overdo it you know what i'm saying if it gets yeah, annoying it gets same, annoying you know what same what I'm saying? here yeah. Like, yeah like you know don't you know but it was never like something where like you know we, we, like, we were told like cry. yeah we weren't never told like don't cry or you know don't be mad or, you know, like, to be honest with you, I've never been told, like, you know, act like a boy or act, you know what I'm saying? Like, my dad really? just never, my dad just never mm-hmm. used that phrase with me. He was always like, you know, <laughs> he would always put it in a way, like, you got to carry yourself. You got to carry yourself. You got to, you got to carry okay. yourself. You got, you got to be, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? You can have these emotions, but you got to remember, you got to carry yourself. He would it's always, what em- you do with them. yeah, he would always yeah. emphasize you're a black man in America. It's going to be hard. I'm not going to lie to you. It's going to be tough. Mm-hmm. You're going to cry. You're going to enjoy all kinds of things. But you got to you gotta kind of keep mm-hmm. a keep a control of those emotions. You can have yeah. them, just kind of control them like an infinity gauntlet. <laughs> nice, mm. nice reference. Yeah. <laughs> so, and this is something that was coming up in, in my interviews a lot um, in terms of, you know, what's, what's the divide as far as dealing with emotions? Is it... Um, kind of a socioeconomic thing is it more of an an ethnic thing as far as you know how people display emotions and i thought it was interesting that you said that as an african-american you feel that you have to represent yourself in a certain way when it comes to emotions so do you feel like that's you know regardless of being a man versus a woman do you feel like the ethnicity aspect of it is more prevalent for you in your experience with emotions uh What do you think, Booba? I asked I was, the thought yeah, yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> for me, it's more ethnic because, uh, again, in an African household, you know, uh, like, we're taught, like, to not, you know, show emotion. Mm-hmm. Even though, like, my dad was, like, very, uh, 
Like, he's a very, I wouldn't say stoic, but he's, like, very, you know, even keel. Mm-hmm. But there are times, like, he would get, like, explosively mad. And I guess that's where I got my anger from, you know, like. But uh, I don't know. For the most part, it's, like, more of an ethnic thing. It's, like, you know, like, don't show your emotions. Don't show any weakness, you know. So. Yeah. <coughs> and that's an, another key word that's been coming up a lot, too, when I've been doing these interviews is weakness. Yeah. Is that showing emotion is, like, equated with weakness in some way. Do you guys... Do you feel like you've received that message? Maybe not from your family, because it sounds like you've yeah, had pretty I've good experiences, but do you feel like as a society that that's more of, or even from your friends? Uh, yeah. Again, mm-hmm. you know, I got a great group of guys that, um, that I maintain contact with, you know, uh, uh, lifelong buddies. You know, this is high school. Um, we even have like a, a chat on the WhatsApp called The Brain Trust, because we just all are four black men, smart, we trust each other and we, you know, a brain trust is meeting of minds to talk about a company or things like that. Mm, awesome. So I just have a good group of guys, man. Like I can go to them anytime, you know, I'm frustrated about this. And they'll be like, man, you know, this is what I tell you about that. This is what I know about this. I gone through the same thing. Or, you know, they even let you like, they'll ask questions. You can kind of talk to them and you know what I'm saying? They come to me with their family problems. I come to them with their family, you know, my family issues sometimes and, you know, they give me honest feedback. You know, it's not that yes, men. Not some. You won't even hear like the the the, the answer you want to hear. Yeah. But sometimes it's like 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 for example, like if I have an issue in my marriage or if there's something going on, and I'm just like I just need I I don't know what's going on. I might vent to my homie who's married, and he'll be like, man, you know what? This is this is how I view it. You know, and he'll tell me kind of like yeah da 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 da. You know, and. uh as we've as we've kind of grown this chat, we've talked more about just you know uh, sexuality. You know what I'm saying? When we were younger, you know, like man, you know, I ain't know that. I was kind of scared, but I did it. But you know, I was uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's like uh, I just went ahead and did it. But I, was, I ain't know what I was doing. And, you know, so again, you know what I'm saying? I just think I'm blessed, man, just to have you know. And uh, to be honest with you, like I'm pretty open emotionally. Like yeah. I'll tell I'll tell you if I'm having a bad day, or if I'll tell you if I'm down. I'll tell. Like there was, I'll even tell you recently. So I went to the gym one day, and I was just down. I was just, mm-hmm. I, it wasn't like it, I was just down from the day. Like the day had me like, uh, and then I was just down at the gym, and I went to the gym, and the, you know, the guys talking, hey, Will, what's up, man? Da, da, da. I was like, man, psh, I'm just having a, just having a day, man. Just don't feel good. And uh, mm-hmm. remember these three dude, three young guys. I was talking to them, and uh, we, you know, we rapping, da, 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 you know, and. and Felt kind of good at the end. I was like, man, look, I, th- I think I just need to rap to y'all. Yeah. Because I feel better now. Like, and then, you know, that's cool. But that's awesome. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Do you have a similar experience, do you think? Or I feel like different? when I open myself up, I would definitely open myself up to like a lot of, you know, my good friends, you know, mm-hmm. even you guys here. So, but uh, I'm trying to try my best now to open myself up more because uh, in the past, I would, you know, internalize stuff and I would keep it and I would hold it. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes, you know, my anger would just, you know, explode on yeah. everyone. So I'm trying my best, you know, to like, you know, be more open and try to, you know, let I mean, let it all out, you yeah. know. I think I think what also has helped <clears throat> me, um now we talked about kind of social media uh yeah. before we start mm-hmm. the show. And um, you know, I'm more of a I follow social media. I'm not really an active you know, I don't buy into all the social media, but I use it as a tool. And what I have noticed is uh, everyone's kind of alike. 
Like everyone yeah. is kind of weird. Everyone's kind of <laughs> sexually weird. People are like <laughs> a, weirdly opinionated about things. Yeah, it's just like you you realize like you're not the only one. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And you realize that everybody's going through something. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Whether it be worse than your situation or maybe they're having a good time. But mm-hmm. like that kind of just lets me know like, you know, and that's how I try to keep things in, in kind of balance. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Is, you know. When I think social media can be the great equalizer, but I think, you know, on the flip side of that, you also see the phenomenon of, you know, FOMO, like fear of missing out or like mm-hmm. people always putting their best foot forward on social media. And then that ends up uh, reinforcing this feeling of depression in other people who may, who maybe aren't experiencing the same things or maybe they're having more difficulties in their life and they see everyone else posting like the highlight reel of their life on mm-hmm. social media and then it makes them feel even worse. Oh my gosh. I've I've experienced that actually like and that's the thing that sucks, you know, cuz my dad he would always like use like my friends as an example, oh, you know, look at your friends, you know, they're doing mm-hmm. this and doing that and I guess I guess that's an African thing too, you know, they like to, you know, make you feel bad, you know, for living the way you're feeling. So I I just I don't know. Are right. you, are you friends with your dad on social media? <laughs> my dad doesn't have social media. Yeah, my parents don't have it either. My yeah, my dad, my, my dad's my like, dad nah. does. My dad's like, nah, I ain't working with that. Yeah, my mom's like, oh god, I ain't trying to talk to nobody. <laughs> yeah, and and even if my dad were to be on social media, I don't know if I would be his friend. Why are you? Why are you posting on my wall? Uh, what? I am Dandy Hall. Why are you not coming here to talk to me and find the remotes? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I have stories about that too. <laughs> I have stories about that. The remote, like right. I bet you I always would, know where the remote is in your house. Yeah, well, that and then also I would get called up to my parents' room and they're like, "Hey, uh, pass me the remote." I'm like, "It's on the edge of your bed. <laughs> Give me the remote." I said, <laughs> but 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 I, I will say this. I'm and I'm you know I say this because it's weird when and and I don't know if it happened to you, Grandpa, but it happened to me. When you turn 18 or when you go to college, all of a sudden your parent just turns into like your friend. Like my yeah. mom became this like overbearing no, 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 no. disciplinary person. No, no, <laughs> not, no. My parents my parents have been the same. They they will always be the same. Yeah. Like yeah, till this day, you know, they will still give me that talk, you know. I mean my mom will you too, know? but I th- my mom so. definitely lightened up. Like she, my, my parents da- did too. They definitely lightened up. It wasn't even like a, you know, like it was almost like we were friends now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, eh. so now like when my son go over there and she be talking all night, so I'm like, who is this? Somebody <laughs> kidnapped my mom and replay. You remember that uh, yeah. Mars stole our mom? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mars somebody stole Mars stole, attacks. Ma- somebody done stole my mama. Yeah. But nah, but. man. But yeah, I mean, for us, like it's like, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it was just growing up, like I ne- like I like you know, and then when you have brothers and sisters, oh yeah, you never absolutely. feel like you're suffering alone. No, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying. So like me and my brothers and sisters, it was like, oh, you know, you know, like sometimes like, you know, my so also my brothers looking up to me, so also I provided you know emotional support to him, mm-hmm. and you know sometimes hey when when like you know my brother cried, I cried, yeah, mm-hmm. it's all good. So it, it was never anything like foreign in our house. Yeah. Like we didn't coddle you, but you know we let no. you have, we let you emote, do take your time, then. You know, when you're when you're when you're ready to come back, come on, and we go keep it moving. Mm-hmm. Do you think that that's because that was what your parents' experience was, or because I feel like it can go either way? Like with my parents, like my dad came from a military family, my mom uh, lived on a dairy farm, so like life was hard, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like I think in those kinds of situations, it's like ain't nobody got time for feelings. You know, you just have to like keep it moving. So I think that they had that instilled in them, and so when they raised me and my brother. 
we didn't talk about feelings. We didn't say, I love you. We didn't hug. There was like none of that. So even me as a woman who, you know, theoretically should be better at like talking about emotions, it's still something that's difficult for me. So do you feel that your parents had a better experience when it came to like their models of how to deal with emotions? Yeah, for the most, well, it's crazy. Like I think like my mom, my mom grew up in Trinidad Mm. in the Caribbean. Uh, and you know, um, her mom wasn't very rich. So like she grew up walking like eight, nine miles to school, like, a mm. lot, you know what I'm saying? Uphill and both ways. Up, right. Yep. Both ways. Somehow well, that, in the snow in Trinidad. In the snow sense. in Trinidad. <laughs> two hurricanes. Man. I'm trying to tell you, but like, you know, so she grew up tough. Like my mom, you know what I'm saying? For the most part is a very tough individual like you know my father you know my father was the second youngest in the family you know he was a star athlete in high school and okay you know so his his i guess the two of them finding each other was like a good balance for me because you know i have the rigidness of my mom in some ways and some things i don't like the rigidness in it mm-hmm. and sometimes i and i do have like my father's lackadaisical kind of demeanor but sometimes <laughs> but sometimes to a fault i feel like my sister got a better balance of the two <laughs> my brother he got just my dad and i got mostly mom but i'm trying to like you know trying to because i spent the most time with my dad like growing up as a little kid because they got divorced unfortunately but i spent the most time so i have the most of my father and me and the balance the balance right there so yeah. it was just you know i mean they never they never like told me not to not to be something like me they're like you know it was never like be a man it was like, like no you're a little boy like mm-hmm. you know have fun do it you know hey you're gonna cry get get out there you know whatever but it was it was it was you know it wasn't like rigid or anything like yeah hmm i mean for me it's like a it was like a bit of a mixture it, it was a bit of a mixture it was like you know it wasn't like they let me be who I am because I was actually the most outgoing in my family. Mm. I'm actually the most outgoing, so like, I, and I'm also pretty sarcastic. So no. I would always, I would always hit my dad. No way! Yeah, yeah. Man. I would always You'll hit learn my dad. something new. This is malarkey. I don't believe it. I would always, you know, like crack jokes. You know, I would always be the one that would like make people laugh in the family. So, and my dad enjoyed that at times, even like. When he was trying to be serious and have like a conversation, like I would crack a joke, and he'd be like, "Yo, is this funny? Like, this is not funny. I'm trying to have a serious talk with you." And I'm like, "Yeah, I was being serious though, you know." And I would say with a chuckle and you know stuff like that. But in the end, like they let me be who I am, so mm-hmm. and I appreciate that. Yeah, do you think it's who I am? Do you think that's a generational thing? Yes. yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Like my dad could be. <clears throat> other people's grandparents mm-hmm. so my dad grew up in the great depression era yeah and he was in two wars mm-hmm. so you know his mentality like i didn't say my piece because we had our own interview and i wasn't going to talk about it but mm-hmm. my dad was very um, very like principled very drill sergeant mm-hmm. get that mm-hmm. um there wasn't a lot of like emotional emotional support but it was a lot of like you gotta be able you gotta learn how to take pain and stuff like that so it was different, but a lot of it has to do with because of the generation. Yeah. When I think that, like I said, you know, that's similar to my parents because I think that they're a little bit on the older side too. Yeah. And they come from that similar like military background as well. Yeah. And it's like, 
you know, there there is no time for feelings when you've got stuff to do. Yeah. You know, like survival, like the Great Depression, you got to survive. Like You're in a wartime situation, right? Yeah. Move on. Exactly. Yeah, got to keep it moving. So, um, but and you know, you guys had kind of touched on a little bit earlier how sometimes you know relationships can be tough, obviously. Um, and I think that emotional awareness and like being able to discuss emotions like plays a big part of that. And so, do you guys feel like, um, in any parts of your life that difficulty discussing emotions has ever like negatively impacted a relationship? It has for me. Yeah. Um, it has made me insecure, mm. you know, something that I never thought I'd be, you know, I mean, I'm an easygoing guy. I think I'm a nice person. You know, I think I'm easy to deal with, but yeah, it kind of made me insecure. It kind of made me question things, mm. you know, like, like it gave me self doubt. Like, what do you mean? Like when you shared your emotions and like you had a negative experience <clears throat> or. Yeah. Sort of like, you know, back in my childhood, like how, you know, I dealt with certain things, you know, and I guess as a result, like I kind of lashed out, mm. you know, maybe because I wasn't able to deal with it or cope with something. Yeah. So it, it kind of became like a wall that I built up, mm. you know, it was like a coping mechanism. Yeah. So. I'm familiar with the wall. I got yeah. one. I got one of those. It's pretty strong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, for me, um, for me, I, I like I said earlier, for me, it was just a sense of, you know, I would get into relationships with women, and once the going got tough, I'd be like, "Yo, I'm good. I don't. I don't. I'm good. I don't want to be in this anymore. I'm good." And I would just like move on. You Why do you think saying? that was? Eh, most of it was just I just didn't care. There was a point in my life when I just did not care. Mm. I just didn't care. But I was like, "Whatever. Like, all right, you don't want to do this? Bet." On the next one, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> da, 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 like it wasn't da, da. worth the effort, kind of. Yeah, to me, it's like some of the things it just wasn't worth the effort. It mm. was like you know we're getting into a fight over this. Like, pff, never mind. I'm mm. good. Let me call this other girl. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Let me do that. I ain't, I ain't even worried. Got some girls on speed dial. Well, it was something. Oh, wow. I remember one time I made a joke to this girl and she got really offended and she made a big deal out of it. And I was like, all right, man, let me go holler at this other chick. And I'm, we ain't talking. I'm good. And I would just wait until she hit me up, like, hey, so we don't talk anymore? I'm like, man, you, you didn't want to talk. How long did you wait? Uh, I would just keep it open-ended. I would just. <laughs> I was so, I'm trying to tell you, there was a point in my life when I was just like, man, I do. You know what? You don't, Look, I'm out of here. I'm good. I'm, I'm going home. Like, I'm driving. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm out of here. And then uh, my mom would reinforce a lot of, you don't need that woman. <laughs> I didn't raise you to need your no woman. I taught you how to cook and da 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 And don't, you know, leave her alone and all this down the third. And, you know, um, and it changed. <laughs> it changed because uh, when me and my wife were dating, uh, you know, we, we, we broke up briefly once. And I told my mom and she was like, no, <laughs> no. I forbid you to date anyone else. And I was like, I was like, I was like, dog. That I'm was like, the are sign. You, are you serious? Mm. Like, she was like, no. She was like genuinely hurt. And oh. like, you know, she would, my mom used to tell me, she was like, you know, I'm like, mom, like, why are you so cool? Like, you know, you see girls all the time. She was like, man, William, I don't even, I don't even know their name. I just call them dear. Hey, dear. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning, dear. <laughs> Wow. Send them, send them on their way. I was like, oh, that, you know, you, you're shame. slick, you're slick, you're slick. But I think the difference is when I got married, there was no like, oh, you're you're done, like you're out of that. 
um, yeah, deal with it. Yeah, I think one of the best things we did was we went to pre-marriage counseling. Mm-hmm. And you know, I was and I regularly talk. I used to talk to my pastor a lot about things, and you know, we had pre-marriage counseling, and they basically were like, you know, he gave us some tools to kind of work through things. He gave us four four tools to work through things. So he drew a box, and he drew four quadrants, and he drew a circle in the middle, and he basically uh, he said each quadrant represented a different aspect of your fight. One of the aspects was a shark. And that's basically you are bullying the other person to get your own way. Like you say, all right, I'm gonna. This is what I'm gonna do. This is what I'm gonna do. Like, and I, I don't care what you think. I'm gonna do it. He said another quadrant was. I'm trying to remember these joints. That one of the quadrants was. It wasn't the. It was something else, but it was more so. I'm gonna let you do it, but I'm not okay with it. Mm-hmm. Another quadrant was, you know. I'm going to give up, but you're not going to give, you know, but I'm going to give up most and you're not going to give me most. I think that's it. Or or, or basically, I'm going to give all and you're not going to give any. Mm. And then the other one is, you know, I'm going to take it all and leave you with none. And then the middle part was we worked together to find a common ground. A, a common ground. And he was like, you know, if you can, he's like, most arguments fall in those four quadrants. I could be getting them wrong, but basically that's the, just the way he said it. But you, you basically, all any argument you have, Falls in the one of those four quadrants of how you how the how the relationship is going, mm-hmm. and if you can somehow recognize what quadrant you're in and put kind of a scientific way to think about it, you know, for example, if I'm if I did something to my wife that was messed up, you know, she would come to me and be like, "You sharked me, you sharked me," <laughs> and I'd be like, I'd be like, I'd be like, "Oh, oh dang, all right, yeah, all right, we gotta get to the middle," you know what I'm saying? So I actively would try to come up with a compromise. That's actually really good. Yeah, yeah. that so, is cool. But um. Be honest with you, man. Like a lot of a lot of the stuff for me in marriage, like came from like reading books. You know what I'm saying? Like I read The Godfather. I learned a lot about family. Learned a lot about honor. Learned a lot about being a man with having a sense of compassion. You know what I'm saying? And uh, you know, just just I think I think if if more people read books, they would get a different perspective of masculinity. Mm-hmm. As opposed to what they see on TV. Because, Agreed. I mean, you read a book. I mean, like, I'm going through um, Michelle Obama's book right now. Mm-hmm. And, like, the way she talks about the, their upbringing, the way she just talks about Barack, it's like, man, yo, she really loved this dude, man. Like, mm-hmm. yo, she really yeah. loved this dude. Mm-hmm. Like, that's awesome. You know, and um, she talks about her own vulnerabilities. And she talks about even, you know, it's always interesting to get the woman's side of the, of the marriage. Mm-hmm. You know, especially when they're like, you know, I went to counseling. And, you know, I thought the counselor was going to say I was right and Barack was doing everything wrong. And da, 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 da. and she said, yo, when she got there, like the counselor basically didn't take any sides. And he basically, you know, like said, look, hey, like this is this is how we got to do things. And, you know, she said that changed her life. Yeah. And she was able to kind of do things. So, I mean, for me, a lot of it is like reading, adapting some of that reading into my life. You know, yeah. Just trying yeah. to learn about like just trying to learn. Mm-hmm. you know different things different aspects i mean social media helps you learn a little bit you know but it doesn't really give you the the, the insight to a lot of things you mm-hmm. know what i'm saying i mean <clears throat> every day is a learning experience love it mm-hmm. carpe know? carpe them dms yeah <laughs> carpe those dms yeah too busy carping them dms well, I, I think that kind of like what you said is interesting because you know in like the field of psychology there's this idea of confirmation bias so it's the things that you 
believe in when you see those things outside of yourself that reinforces that belief, right? Right. Um, so you tend to gravitate more towards things that, you know, are in line with your, your set beliefs already. Um, but if you go outside of yourself to try to find different perspectives, like through reading or if you see something else on social media or whatever, then I think that that can expand your horizons because, you know, the, the same friend I was talking about before, you know, doesn't want to get married ever, like has, wants to have nothing to do with relationships, whatever. Um, but his confirmation bias is he'll point to this friend and that friend and that friend who got divorced. And so I don't want to be that guy. But he's not looking at the alternative side of, well, there's all these other successful marriages and people that are happy in relationships that are going well. So, I mean, I think that that's cool that you guys are able to kind of focus on learning and knowledge and oh, no, those expanding. Are, definitely. And those are the four animals, the shark, the oh, fox. Oh, that's okay. Me, hold it up again. <laughs> I was like, what is yeah, this? So, so those are the four, the shark, the no. owl, the turtle, and the fox. And those are the four quadrants that he, he wrote. Got and then it. And then he wrote a circle in the middle. But yeah, I mean, it's so, definitely... Um, so question, oh, though. Oh, go ahead. Because so you mentioned that you had this stage that you went through where it was like girl after girl after girl, right? right, right and right. then all of a sudden your wife came along. And I think this brings us full circle to the topic question that we were talking about. So like, what got you to that point where you were willing to put in the work and like use this emotional language and talk about your feelings? Like how, how did that come to be? Maturity. I yeah. think that's a, I think that's a, that's a, that's a good word to use. I mean, it's mm -hmm. something where like, you know, for me, it was always the bigger picture. You know what I'm saying? Like you got to look at the bigger picture. Like, um, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the, the, the men in my life who I admired, who kind of helped me through life, were all married. My father, mm -hmm. my uncle Jeff, uncle Patrick, you know what I'm saying? Uncle Mike, still married. Most, I mean, only my father's not married, but, you know, the others are still married. Yeah. You know, so I never saw really that, like, single older man kind of thing, you know what I'm saying? Like, and the only other single man in, in our family really was my uncle. And, like, my family kind of looked down on him. They were like, he'll never mm. find a woman, like, da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> he just going through life, whatever, whatever. You know what I'm saying? So for me, like, that that was always the goal. Yeah. And then, you know, when you talk to other men who are married, as opposed to a man who talks to single people or just his, you know, maybe his friends who, who don't know, you just kind of, you know, they don't really give you that insight to what, to what you want to hear. Like mm -hmm. all your, all my married uncles would be like, yo, it's hard. I'm not gonna lie to you. Mm -hmm. It's hard. But the rewards, if you're, if you're willing to put the work in, the rewards yeah. are the fruit. What I like, what I like to say the juice is worth <laughs> the squeeze. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it just it and it just and you know I've never been one to be afraid of hard work. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Whether it be emotionally, but it, I would have to be invested. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Um. Well, it's a two way street. It's a right? two way street. Yeah. And you know, I, I my wife is, is 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 I think we look at it as more of like it's it's a great partnership. Like I think, and I always tell people this: this is really the basis of me and my wife's marriage. At the end of the day, we are friends. Mm -hmm. We are good friends. You know, we laugh together. We think things are hilarious together. We, we enjoy similar things. We enjoy similar music. We have, you know, complex discussions about politics or women's rights or, you know, uh, homosexuality. And, you know, we talk about the church. And, you know, she's my friend. 
she's my friend first and foremost. You know what I'm saying? And that makes it easier because most people just look at, oh, that's my girl, man. That's my girl. <laughs> Whereas, like, my friend, you know, I try to incorporate her into my life, into everything that I'm doing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just genuinely like her. Like, yeah. I genuinely like this person. You know what I'm saying? Like, people talk about, like, oh, I love her. Da, 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 da. But, like, <laughs> most people, like, love a woman or are infatuated, but they don't, they might not like her. Mm-hmm. Well, like, the best, like, when you were saying your story, I know it still sounds so funny that I'm whispering, <laughs> but, like, it's hard to take advice from someone who hasn't played on a team before, like sports, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, yeah. or someone who got kicked off the team versus talking to someone who's on a successful team. Yeah. Right, right. And mm-hmm. the person that's on a successful team can tell you that behind closed doors and practices in the locker room, it's not beautiful. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. But the glory in the long run, the, 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 the fight mm-hmm. that you do together makes it great, you know? And it's the same thing like you said. It's like you have to have that not just compromise, but the, the chemistry to be able to move forward together. And that, like, foundation. And that friendship, yeah. yeah. The camaraderie. Yeah. Because if you don't have that, it's like a phony teammate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and the, that's and, not going to work. And one of the biggest things I learned was, you know what I'm saying, like, and it's it's still hard, you know what I'm saying, it's still hard. I'm still learning to do it. It's just being like, yo, my bad. I was wrong. Like, I was, I was, yeah. I was wrong. Like, I messed that's up. That's big. You know what I'm saying? I'll take that L. It is what, you know what I'm saying? I'm sorry, you know what I'm saying? And 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 I'm Humility. getting better. I'm getting better because at the end of the day, you look at like, you know, what I'm saying like my parents went through a divorce, so I know like it's it's bad. And you know, what I'm saying like I'm just like dog, like nah, like we're too we're too loving, educated people. We can we can have a very good conversation with make it work. yeah. We can make it work. There's a the, we we're both like you're not somebody who works in like an abstract reality or something like that like you understand just like me and we have our arguments about stuff that's that's natural you'd be you'd be a fool to be like you wouldn't you know but we argue about like like our fights are about you know you didn't take out the trash or you not taking out the trash enough or you need to come home earlier but it's never like you know you come home drunk or you're it's you not, to, to, not yeah. to the point where it's like you're trying to hurt the other person yeah, yeah. And, you Nothing know insurmountable yeah. yeah and i know you know what i'm saying i know my my Self is, you know, some like, like, you know, when I get frustrated, sometimes I'll go drive or take a drive, mm-hmm. just drive around, listen to music. You know what I'm saying? And that'll help me calm down, at least calm down to have a conversation. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And, you know, uh, women hate to see you walk out the door, but <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I if li- they know you're coming back. Oh, no, I, I always, I always <laughs> come back, but I just need that time to drive, think, maybe like. Mm-hmm shout in the car a little bit, maybe talk to a friend, maybe, you know, um, ride around like I'm getting it, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, you know what I'm saying? But, but um, it's, it's a time for you to reflect on it. Yeah. I've always felt growing up when people said, I need a break, and mm. they take a break for more than a week. To me, I feel like that's already over. Versus mm. taking like a couple hours to really just say, hey, you know what? I'm taking a break so I can come back and really work on this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, what do you need a week for? A week. Like, <laughs> right. That's like, that's, like, that's I, basically I, an out. That's right. Processing. It's an out. I'd be feeling bad right. after like a couple that's minutes. I'm like, I'm like, I can't test to that, by the way. I stormed off 15 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> when do I walk back in the room? <laughs> like, oh, week. That's like spring break. Right. 
that's, yeah, yeah that's too much uh, and stuff happens during spring break mm-hmm. uh, and this is another important thing about having a positive male figure in your life mm-hmm. my father gave me some very important advice on my wedding day he said never go to sleep angry, angry. Yes. yeah mm-hmm. you know and he reinforced that he said no matter what it is he's like do your best to not go to sleep angry and you'll wake up and you'll be fine and you'll realize like most of the stuff that you argue about is dumb Stupid. stuff Mm-hmm. You know, outside of like yeah. infidelity or abuse or you know child abuse Substance or things, abuse. you know something yeah. something serious like that. My dad's like, man, you could you know you could work through anything. Mm-hmm. He's like, man, he, you know he because I used to tell him I was like, you know, dad, man, like you know it's financially challenging. You know everything's so new. We got bills and all this other stuff. And he's like, hey man, remember me and your mom started off in a one bedroom apartment. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like he's like, man, that stuff comes, man. He's like. That's where your that's where your marriage really builds. He's like mm-hmm. when y'all both struggling and y'all both, you know what I'm saying, grinding and then you know, y'all just mm-hmm. trying to make it work. He's like that's the best way because then you understand the partnership aspect of it. Mm-hmm. You understand like and now like my wife is my best friend, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like I coordinate with her when we got to do stuff and you know, and I understand all the stuff people say like like it's not even really like asking permission, but you know when you work with somebody so close and you have to coordinate, mm-hmm. it's a courtesy. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and, and it took me a long time to realize that. Like, I think you know, that's a good way to look at I'm, it because I think a lot of guys struggle with that aspect of it yeah. where they feel like they're asking their wife permission for something, but it's not. It's coordinating and it it's is a courtesy. Yeah. It's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're like, because you're like, yo, I'm going over so and so's house. You know, if you tell her an hour before you go, you might get into a fight. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? You might get into an argument. But if you, if you're, if you know, like a week ahead, you're like, hey, you know, honey, I think I'm going to do this on Saturday. Mm-hmm. She can already plan in her mind, like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. Da, 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 this is what I'm going to do. And, you know, sometimes sometimes she might be like, you know what, I don't want you to go, but I understand you told me. Is that, mm-hmm. So is that where the honey-do list comes in? Man, see, that's why, that's why as a husband, <laughs> I, take, I take the game. Or if I know I'm going out on Saturday, schmoozing all week, bro. I be coming home with flowers. I be, what? Well, I, be, I be cleaning the joint, all laundry done. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? The, the dog dinner cooked. She be like, this 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 dude want to go out this weekend. <laughs> she knows something's what's, up. What's funny is that the way you describe that is how I treat my work also, because that's some importance of me. That's what pays me, you know. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna treat that with respect too. Um, I do feel like a lot of that has to do with maturity, because there's a lot of people um, I know personally myself that we can all say certain people are unorganized. But to be that irresponsible just shows your lack of maturity and responsibility. Mm-hmm. But when it comes down to it, it shows that you're, you have a lack of priority, especially if you have a significant other and you're telling things last minute. Once in a blue moon, might let it slide. But if you're, it's chronic behavior, mm-hmm. that's an issue, right? Mm-hmm. And if there is a pattern, some people need that reality check. But, but, but I'll do you one further. Sometimes that's just who they are. And you have to That's learn, true. and you have to learn that. Look, I gotta work with them in the best way mm-hmm. I can because I know that they have a sporadic nature. So I need to, you know, what I'm saying, be but, the into their yang. I agree, but the excuse that no one can ever use: we have smartphones now. If you can post shit on Facebook, shared calendars, you can have mm-hmm. a calendar. Mm-hmm. Wait, we have shared calendars. Yeah, you got to. But that's what I mean. Yeah. And you know, I'm not trying to call out my my certain friends that are out there that want to be listening to this, but <laughs> when it comes down to it. You need to get your life together, yeah. right? You need to find your sense of priority. If you're not ready for that, don't commit to a relationship, mm-hmm. right? And it, some of it has to do with maybe the way you're raised, too. Like, we're talking about, like, the past experience. But mm-hmm. 
now technology makes things so much more convenient to be able to control what you can do before the emotions get let out. Right. Mm-hmm. Especially with time management. And you also have to look at it like, you know what I'm saying? With social media, you have to have a certain level of responsibility the way, you know what I'm saying? You have random women reaching out to you. You may have random men reaching out to your spouse. Like, you have to be able to... Say no. Well, just be mature enough to be like, man, like... You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I got in trouble like, with that. It ain't, it ain't nothing. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? If you're a good-looking dude, you always going to have somebody hollering at you. Yeah. If you're a good-looking woman, you always going to have a dude going at you. Mm. You know what I'm saying? But it's grow how up. you handle it. Man, grow up. Act like, act like, you know what I'm saying? Oh, everybody's trying to talk about, oh, you know, I carry myself like like so-and-so. I carry my, well, carry yourself like a king. You know, I ain't worried about that. You know what I'm saying? Like I ain't worried about them. Don't keep you can't entertain it. Be a queen. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying I'm not saying you you have to be like a rude, like get away from me, like a shrew. <laughs> but you know, dog, you can carry yourself in a way people be like, oh, here goes so and so wife. I know she good money. All right, go ahead. Now nah, you you good. Ain't nobody gonna mess with you. You good? Like da da. You know what I'm saying? Like because mm-hmm. if you show that you respect your priorities, yeah, people will back off on their own. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I'll kill a man for my wife. <laughs> Wow, <laughs> that's love. That's strong words. Yeah. <laughs> He's in my trunk. It's like <laughs> Where, where's the gasoline? Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. Peace and love. Peace oh, and man. love. He's sleeping with the fish. <laughs> oh, snap. So I like that we've kind of gone into this like dating relationship thing because I feel like that's an, like a natural segue from your emotions and, you know, how you learn to deal with them and, and that kind of thing because it carries over into relationships. So I don't know if you guys have a future podcast on that topic, but I have, like, tons of questions as a single woman about dating and guys, why guys are the way that they are. So mm-hmm. we, do, we do have another podcast okay. that's been specifically for that called The Dirty 30 where we focus on physical mental health but also more of the relationship side of it. I'd like to be on that because I I need help in that that department. I got questions. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Me and Boo share a mic. (laughs) Yes, because we're bros. Fist bump. Two mics, one cup. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Two mics, one mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Oh man. How do you follow that one? Oh no, you can't. But uh, Megan, thank you for being on our show, and thank you. We really appreciate the the project that you. Personally, myself, for knowing you for a lot of years, is yeah. I respect the work that you do because not only it shows that your interest, but it also it shows that you're taking things seriously for yourself, but also you're trying to help inspire other people to look for so different avenues. Um, is there anything specific you want to share with other people, like a, like a plug or where people can reach you out, reach out to you? Yeah, um, definitely. I guess when you guys post this, I'll have a link to maybe my Instagram and my Facebook. Um, you can also find me on Medium. Um, that's where I post my blogs. Um, but I also just wanted to make sure that I know that we talked a lot about kind of like mental health and like dealing with emotions and things like that. Um, so I did want to plug um, if anybody is looking for some resources. Um, so the American Foundation for Suicide Pre- Prevention, the number is one eight 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 three 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 two three seven seven. So if anyone finds themselves in a difficult situation, dealing with difficult emotions, um, you know, please reach out. There's always somebody there to help. So. So, yeah, but thank you guys for having me. This was a lot of fun. I hope I can come back sometime. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Please come back. Um, that was awesome. I really appreciate you uh, helping me open up tonight. You know, you did a good job. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> you know, it was actually good for me too. You know, it was uh, 
it's very therapeutic, you know. Sometimes yeah. you just gotta, like, you know, get in touch with yourself. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> go on, just go and touch yourself. <laughs> yes. <laughs> hey, Tweet did That's it. Do you remember that song? Yes, Oops. I do. <laughs> oh wait! Before you, before you leave, uh, yeah. what do you got on Sunday? Patriots or Rams? Uh, Lakers. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's a wrap. It's a good place to stop. <laughs> yeah, th- this is where it ends. <laughs> Hold on, hold on, hold on. She has to pick. Oh, yeah, she has to pick. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know. Patriots? Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. So what will be your final score? Final score and, and footnote. What? Oh, jeez. Uh, 24-14. Ooh, okay. Okay. And what will be your footnote? So a footnote is give me something that's going to happen in the game that people won't expect to happen. Trump. Uh, <laughs> uh, can I say a fifty-yard touch touchdown? Is that yeah, fifty-yard score? Yeah, yeah, 50 a fifty-yard score. Yeah, okay, 50 yeah, score. you can say yeah. that. Okay, yeah, okay. That's what, that's what I'm gonna go for. That's big okay. points in fantasy. Yeah, that would be huge if and fantasy football were to be daily pick em. Daily pick em. Yeah. Tom Brady will probably cheat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. Sure. Okay. All right. So <laughs> Patriots. I don't, I don't like the Patriots, but I do like watching Tom Brady play. So you're going with the Patriots. I kind of. Making, you're making this too okay. hard. So you're, you're making it too hard, dude. Is, I'm, I'm just Patriots asking. Patriots or the Rams. Yeah, Patriots or the Rams. And the score. Well, the one's babysat a guy. <laughs> like, he's going to give us a life story. Right. How you knew a guy who babysat a kid. Who Back wants... in 1986. Oh, my God. <laughs> I think, okay, I'll go Patriots. Okay. Uh, 14-point margin. Okay, it's, that's fair. And something phenomenal, like a 50-yard return or something. Okay. And a touchdown. Cotton Man. Uh, I'm going to go Rams, 31-17. Ooh, mm. me too. I'm actually going Rams, and it's going to be... Oh, and I, then, oh, I, the big thing that's going to happen, mm-hmm. uh, Tom Brady gets sacked five times. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Okay. I actually I predicted this on Madden. Uh, I'm going to go Rams, 27, <laughs> Patriots, 23. Footnote, there will be a fake field goal. And it's going to result into a touchdown. It's going to be like a Philly special type of play. Nice. Okay. I hope for it. Pull yeah. out all the stops. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Fox says the Rams 27-24. Ooh. 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 Okay. I so like that. Her, Ashley and I, we're, we're on the same page. <laughs> at, least we're, at least we're on like the Rams, and I don't have to yeah. like, disown her for a night. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how you getting home. Do you remember 15 minutes walking out that door? You're like, crap, I need to go back in. <laughs> Nah, see, that's why you got to do the pat before you leave. I'm angry. I'm mad. Let me grab my keys and wallet and phone. I ain't coming back in this joy humble with my tail between my legs. Makes a dramatic you exit, not oh, yeah, so you dramatic, though. Yeah, you got to you gotta walk out the door. Slam. slam. Can't go back. Slam the door. I, I forgot, I forgot my keys. I, I forgot the diapers. I forgot the baby pack. Right. So, so what's everyone doing for the Super Bowl? Uh, we are going to go to her... To, uh, I know where we're going. We're going to her cousin's house. Mm-hmm. They just bought a house. They're holding a Super Bowl party, and it's a couple family members' birthdays. Hey. So they're going to be playing games and all this fun stuff and Coco. But I'm getting drunk watching mm-hmm. Super Bowl. <laughs> That's going to be me. Nice, nice. Uh, my kids, the kids that coach basketball, uh, they're having a Super Bowl party. They have a $15 million house. Oh, you better go. They have a half court. Uh, can I get an invite? So think of a living room. Yeah. Right. But 
the floor is a racquetball room with a big screen TV, and they're playing basketball while they're watching football. That'd be annoying. That'd be annoying, yeah. but cool it's at crazy. the same time. Cool, <laughs> cool, annoying. Like, it'd be so cool that, like... It'd be obnoxious. You'd be like, cool. man, this is... Uh, I guess yeah. it's cool. Yeah. Then you sound extra rich. Wish we didn't have the basketball court in our living room. <laughs> so like, inconvenient. They have a such a rich foot, statement to make. foot high ceiling. That's awesome. You better go. That's nuts. You better go. What yeah, about you? You better go. my second year. Nice. I have no Super Bowl plans, oh. sadly. Well, for the second year in a row, I'll be going over to uh, one of my good friends' house that I play Sunday morning football with. So it's my second year doing it. You're going to play Sunday morning football? No, 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 no. We're not oh, going to do oh, it. No, okay. we used to play Sunday morning football. Yeah, I don't we, know if we're, we're going to. We're too old for that now. <laughs> well, it's two-hand touch, so. It uh, don't matter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. But, I mean, we haven't played in a while, and I don't think we're playing anytime soon. So, mm. But, yeah, but that's why I'll be. Nice. Sounds fun. So, yeah. All right, who's going to be the drunkest? I'm going to go ahead and raise my hand. Not it. Um, I antibiotics, so. I ain't never stopped nobody before. <laughs> I'm gonna be you gonna challenge semi drunk. Are you gonna challenge me, Booba, to the world's drunkest? How about this? How about we challenge ourselves on Instagram? Like, let's do like an IG story where we share like our drunkenness level. I think somebody should drink out of that gauntlet. Infinity gauntlet. Infinity gauntlet. That would actually. You have to win a championship. If the Lakers win a championship, <laughs> you will pour you a b- of enough beer to fill that joint, and you drink you know what's it. Crazy. I got two gauntlets. Oh, yes. one, of them, one of them will double fill fisting. with beer. Yeah. <laughs> double a double, a double fist gauntlet. <laughs> He's going to pass out with them on his hands like this. Uh, yeah, kick. Oh, and then also, let's not forget, um, just a short plug. Uh, you know, next month being Black History Month, I was thinking like maybe like every episode I was going to, you know, share like a Black History fact. Oh, yeah. I like Good it. stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. I like that. So definitely, man. Oh, and also, um, I'm hearing that they're bringing out uh, Black Panther again. Yes, at the AM- free like, showings. Yeah, right? it's a free showing to like yeah. any AMC movie theater. Oh, really? Cool. They got yeah, one of those and next it's for the whole month. Is, there's one in Silver Spring. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's for the whole month of uh, February. That's, That's tight. Awesome. And That's all tight. the proceeds are going to the uh, United Negro Fund and any other like, you know, Black African American related mm-hmm. funds. It's going straight there, so it's for a good cause. Nice, Love nice. It. Can some of my funds go to like the BET Awards or yeah, the Essence Festival? <laughs> Can it go into my own pocket? Yeah. Fun? Right. Right. <laughs> Can you go fund me, please? <laughs> so thanks for checking out the Fresh Delivery Show. Definitely check out our sponsors, which is Anchor and Pocket Cast. But you can also find us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Google Play Music Store, and Spotify. I'm your host, Diesel, a.k.a. Shaolin Fantastic, Grand Booba, Cotton Man, The Meg, and we're out, y'all. Peace. Good night, everybody. Bye. Bye. Yas. <laughs> <laughs>